0: Hey guys, Bryce here from Flex Cortex. All content on the Flex Cortex podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes. It is not a substitution for medical advice from a qualified health professional. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of Flex Cortex. Today it's just me hosting, but we are here with Saluji. And we will be talking about some common misconceptions in the fitness industry. So we'll be talking about specifically some ones that have gained a lot of popularity over time. So we're stoked for this one. Thanks for coming on, man. No, man. Thank you for having me. So today we're going to kick it off with my personal favorite, well, least favorite, the BOSU ball. Let's, let's dive into it.
1: The BOSU ball. Uh, yeah, the BOSU ball is, I think, a very popular implement as of late. I mean, looks cool or it's different. It has the aspect of sensationalism people find interesting. I think a lot of newer coaches just like using it to draw attention. I, yeah, I don't, it seems to, I think the essence of it is that people try to use it to simulate a certain amount of instability and like oh you know doing exercise on this is going to make you more stable because you're using an unstable surface and i mean it's at least it's like a solid intention i think like the benefit of stability is very real but i don't think the way that they go about it using the boss is necessarily the best way
0: mm-hmm. yeah i think it's more or it's more or less just the the lack of knowledge, right. And people thinking that just because something is unstable, people think that it's training stability, right. Obviously we know that, um, well, me and you know, that stability is trained in different aspects, right. So you definitely don't have to jump on a BOSU ball, but you could definitely train unilaterally, um, and probably get much more of a benefit than doing a lateral raise on a BOSU ball or doing, I've seen squats a lot on a BOSU ball. That's a common one too
1: yeah i've seen that one a lot too and i mean when you think about it i feel like the the instability of the bosu ball it's definitely an unstable surface like that's you know that's for sure but i feel like more than anything it's just a, a level of instability for like the equilibrium in your ear right like that aids balance it's not mm-hmm. it's not adding a level of instability to the muscle so we know right the stability deviating the center of mass or reducing the base of support because it forces the muscle to stabilize or to resist force yeah and so that's different I think from just reducing the sense of balance that you have
0: this is true yeah yeah I definitely feel like again though I feel like it's just it's it's a reflection of influencers it's a reflection of the impact that they have on society right and I think that's definitely one of the big things like You'll definitely see like a uh, like a surge in the use of equipment after something's posted by one of their favorite influencers. So, I think it's obviously good and bad what the what the fitness industry can do and what it can, what it can impact. Obviously, right?
1: Yeah, you know, I think that a lot of the people who hold the power, quote unquote, so to speak, or influence influence them being influencers in the industry are probably not suited to it very well. And it's it's tough. and we, I mentioned this previously, uh, briefly on the episode of Stoicism that I just posted, but the idea that fame or, you know, having an audience will bias you or predispose you and skew your decisions because it becomes harder and harder to make decisions with the genuine interest of people in mind, right? Because your power doesn't corrupt, influence doesn't corrupt, it reveals sort of, it just reveals what kind of person you are once you have the ability to do whatever you want. And so it shows, it sets apart the people who are interested in money, who just want more followers, want more clients, whatever, want more money. And more often than not, unfortunately as it is, the people in the space are not altruistic, right? Or, you know, their their primary goal is monetary gain or social status, you know, and that, that precedes the, the actual benefit or the actual concern that they have for people. And so once that happens, then, it, it, it will now turn the sort of information that they provide and it will no longer be, I would say, sound or true information, right? The, the issue becomes maintaining the audience, you know, doing new things that will trigger people so that they tune in and see what they're all about, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. I think it depends on, you know, them realizing that how much power they have and how much influence they have, quote-unquote, right? Um, and then what they choose to do with that power, or what they choose to do with that influence, right? I mean, they could be putting out a lot of good information, but I think a lot of them are just in it for, for the fame, unfortunately, and that reflects a lot on what they post for content because a lot of it just comes down to what they're... I think it's money, right? I think whenever it comes down to it, it's just money. A no matter how much they can make, um, what kind of sponsorships they can get, and that's unfortunately the the realm and the time that we live in
1: you know things that aren't new don't tend to garner as much attention because the way that social media has changed literally you know rewired our brains is that our attention spans are so small you know we don't have as much patience for you know things that aren't new like we're constantly seeking out a new stimulus in order to sort of keep us going right or on the needle so to speak and so you know it's repeated almost ad nauseum but you know the fundamentals aren't sexy but they won't work right there's nothing new under the sun Uh, everything has been recycled or reused and the oldest methods tend to be the most true or the most reliable but it doesn't sell as well and so it's just it's a recipe for disaster where you know you have fundamentals that are that work best but the way that everyone works is that they don't like the fundamentals and deviating from the fundamentals is what makes money it's it's obvious that people are going to you know content creators are going to sort of skew towards this you know whatever path is going to make them the most successful make them the most money
0: very well said yeah 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 it's um that's one of it's one of those things right i mean the industry itself is is great. Obviously, like, I'm, I'm very thankful to be a part of it. But I mean, obviously, as what you're trying to do, and as what what I'm trying to do is put up good information, um, help people be able to see through and kind of like, identify any kind of issues or concerns in the industry itself. Because I mean, just for somebody coming across it, like, how are they going to know the difference? Right? For like, for stability, for example, if just like a random person came came across a post and then they saw like let's say they saw your post on stability or they saw my post on stability, right? And then they go to somebody else's page, they have a hundred hundred k, and they post a stability routine using a Bosu ball. I mean, they're probably more li- more likely to be using that routine, probably saving that workout, and then telling yeah. their friends how awesome it was. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And you know, this has been discussed, right? The idea of this of the back. The backyard hero versus the influencer is that the backyard or the hometown hero has maybe a coach right you know you don't have a large reach but you have and you don't you don't have a lot of clients per se you know probably under 100 for most coaches but you know you're able to sort of genuinely impact their lives in a very meaningful way you're able to be very hands-on with them to teach them these kind of things to teach them this you know this correct information to remove the misinformation and then you have the influencer who maybe will not be able to affect people's lives as deeply, but also has a very large reach and so can potentially help a lot of people at a very surface level. And so both have their benefits and both have their their values. But the issue is that the the influencer position by its very nature is not catered to people who have this predisposition for deep understanding, right? And so for you to enter the fitness industry, with the intention of becoming an influencer or to do what influencers do, it's already sort of skewing you towards this path that is, in my opinion, going to be less helpful to people, right? Because again, like they're just the very nature of the job is that in order to stay relevant and to get relevant, you know, you need to deviate from fundamental principles. You need to sort of throw the basics out of the window and just find new things that are going to shock people. And so, yeah just by virtue and like it's not true for all fields like there are fields that are not fitness that the influencer may potentially do well I, I don't know i don't know enough about that to really say but in the but in the fitness field specifically this is what i think it is right just that you know and wanting to be an influencer the, the influencer by default kind of needs to scrap the fundamentals in order to be successful
0: yeah for sure i think it's just a matter of wanting to have an impact and providing value to your followers, right? I think that's the most important thing. Like they should be following you for a reason. They should be coming to your page and staying up to date with what you post for a specific purpose, not just because you're shredded or because you're jacked. So if they're following you because you're shredded or because you're jacked, I think you're missing the point. It's like it's like what you said before, right? Um, You're kind of missing the whole point or the whole aspect of having social media and being able to actually reach people and uh, make a difference, right? So I do have a lot of respect for um, larger accounts. We'll say larger accounts, right? Larger accounts that have, uh, that utilize their resource and utilize their following and actually take that time to actually put out good information um, versus just putting out what gets some likes and views. Because I feel like we're in a society where we're so vanity-based that we almost get fixated on uh, likes, We get fixated on views, and we get fixated on um, engagement, right? We get like, fixated on those things so much that we almost lose sight and we lose clarity of what's actually important. So it's very refreshing that we're um, in, a, in a community like the Prescript Crew that we're more focused on how many people we can impact on like a refined level versus, like, how many people can be impacted on a larger scale.
1: Yeah, and I just, I think that, again, the nature of the influencer and just the way that the, the system or the way that social media has worked for those kind of accounts is that, you know, again, you mentioned it, right? Like, it's all about how you look. It's all about social capital. And, like, the kind of people that influencers reach are the kind of people who lose interest the second the video is longer than, like, 15 seconds, Right. And so again, like if you're trying to go into the industry to do good and to spread good, but you're taking the path where people's intention spans does not exceed again, like it's like 30 seconds, like you're going to have a very, very, very limited amount of benefit that you can bring people. Right. Like you know, like you you know, take any any influencer you care to name, right? Like a large portion of those people follow them because they've distilled things down to this, you know, digestible, quote unquote digestible soundbite. This, this quick and easy way to this quick tip to do things we're not going to sit through an hour of a lecture and take notes about how to move properly like that's just not the people that the influencers are going to reach and so you know it depends on who you want to work with right you need to have you always need to have that understanding If you're going to go into the you're going to go the influencer or seek out that kind of position then you need to understand who your audience is because you're not going to make it in an influencer position while trying to sort of still provide like you know long videos or you know that, that kind of thing
0: yeah and I, and I think the whole the whole aspect is like what people are trying to use social media for right so i mean for us we i'd say we utilize it more on the education route right we're wanting to make connections kind of form a community but then also use it for education but then also educating um and i think these other people are just like following somebody for motivation right motivation or trying to help them get ready for a session. Right. And I think that's, that's the difference is they want, they want to see a picture of somebody that's jacked or somebody that's shredded or somebody that's their ideal body or their ideal figure, because it'll help them probably get to the gym that day. Whereas, you know, for us, like I'll be there anyways, whether I want to be there, or I don't want to be there. I'll be there. So I think it all depends on what you're wanting to use social media for. And it, definitely shows in the accounts that you follow right
1: yeah i i agree and this becomes a much 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 larger conversation about discipline versus motivation and this is a conversation that i think is a perpetual conversation that needs to be had whether you're a coach whether you're an athlete even whether you're just a gen pop person trying to get into the gym you know once or twice a week to slightly improve your quality of life you're you're right right like the, the social media and the influencing world is so focused on motivation instead of discipline why because motivation is sensational but discipline is not discipline is do the work and you stop talking about it that's all it is you do the work and you show up every day like there's yeah. Th- that's all it is right it's so simple but it's so difficult for people because they want to be kept they want to be you know they always want to be fed this validation, this you can do it you know and motivation in order to rely on motivation it's a sort of a constant input that you need to be feeling because the second the motivation stops and if you lack discipline then you stagnate right you stop changing you stop striving your efforts cease the discipline is the self-feeding self-feeding machine where you know you wind it up and the motion fuels itself it's like those watches that you know it's like the 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 gears are fueled by the motion of the hand Like you move once and it keeps and it keeps moving and so again like discipline is Mm -hmm. not discipline is not an attractive concept to people because it sucks for most people you know it's difficult it hurts and it's not comfortable
0: yeah yeah well we've talked about it before with other coaches right like motivation is so subjective right like how can you really tell, like, what is motivation, right? (laughs) Because it it just changes so much day to day. So, like, I think it's a very important topic to have with other coaches, but also with clients, right? Like, discipline is what's important. Discipline is what's going to get you through workouts that you don't want to do. And, like, I'd say people always assume that as coaches we're always, like, motivated, quote-unquote, right? But, like, no, we're not. It's definitely the discipline aspect, right? There's gonna be days that you don't want to go. There's gonna be days that you don't want to work out, but it's the fact of discipline, and it's the fact of what you know. You're kind of you're kind of accepting this whole journey, right? So you have to be able to put things aside and just and just go and get it done, right? It's like it's all the work that gets done behind the scenes. That's what's important, right? It's like not having to make a post, like a huge post on social media about like oh, I don't want to work out today, but, you know, I did anyways. It's like, it's like you don't really need to be looking for approval. You don't really need to be looking for um, somebody to tell you you did a good job, right? If you want to be doing it for yourself, then that's the reason you'll be doing it for yourself.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think you had a very good point there motivation will not get you to your goals but discipline will right again you can't rely on discipline to take you all the way from point a to point b yeah discipline yeah. is necessary sorry you can't rely on motivation to do that motivation is still necessary however but motivation gets you started and that's all it does motivation should create in you information however way you choose to digest it or to dig it mm. motivation is going to be information that creates this desire for you to begin that journey right like motivation should be and well you know we'll use the fitness context here motivation should be yeah. you know i want to work out because you know it's going to make me healthier i'll have more years in the end of my life i'll be able to play with my kids play with my grandkids i won't be out of breath doing things i'll be able to move more easily i'll be able to enjoy my life more whatever it is right there's so many benefits and all of that qualifies as motivation you need to take all of that and that needs to be the reason why you start but then you need to stop thinking about that and just discipline that's all mm-hmm. it is exactly. it's like motivation is going to give you the reasons to get started but then motivation stops being useful and discipline is going to be what's get what gets you there
0: Hmm. it's funny you, you mentioned that i was literally just going to say that uh, motivation can be the reason that you start but discipline has to be the reason that you continue yeah
1: 100 percent
0: because, like, everybody will be like, well, right now, like, you, you, you and you wouldn't know the amount of times, like, I've had people come in and say, like, oh, like, I'm so motivated right now, right? But then, like, a good question to ask them is, like, what about when motivation isn't high? Like, what do you do, right? Are you just not going to come in? Are you Are going to drop me as a coach? Like, so I think it's a very important topic to be had or discussion to be had because I don't think a lot of coaches – do talk about it with with their clients but that's probably when people see a lot of drop off right because i think clients expect coaches like especially from us to be feeding them motivation right but i'm like you can't be fed motivation internally like that has to be something that you want for yourself but it also has to come down to your mental strength right you have to be able to actually commit to a program you have to be able to commit to the lifestyle and that comes down to the whole discipline aspect so i think it's awesome that you are obviously so passionate about it but i think it's a very important topic that isn't discussed enough again like lots of things in the industry that are brushed over yeah
1: and it sucks right because it definitely limits us sort so to speak to the amount of people that we can work with because the second the second, but this is why I think the education about this topic of discipline and motivation is so important, is that, you know, people who aren't educated about the idea of discipline and motivation, you're never going to retain clients who only understand motivation. You need, you know, the client needs to understand this discipline and be able to appreciate it. And so that's why I think it's important to educate coaches on the subject, because it sort of teaches that aspect itself. Like, you know, forget about the motivation, get them to start and then, you know, implement the, the discipline. And like, again, this is why this is why I think education in terms of in terms of a deep level of understanding of exercise itself, the benefits of exercise, you know, all of that stuff, whatever you want it to be like the proprioception, osteoporosis, whatever it is, that education is so important because this because motivation can be good, and it can be bad. Like, I don't want someone coming to me and telling me that they want to work out because they saw Dave Goggins video. I want someone to comment on me that they want to work out because they want to live to like to see their grandkids running around and be able to throw them over their head. Right? Because <laughs> you know, there there are good kinds of motivation and there are bad kinds of motivation. And bad kinds of motivation aren't lasting, they're not yeah. meaningful.
0: Right. Yeah. I think it I think it comes down to well, as a coach specifically, finding out the root cause of why your client's coming to you. I don't want to say the term yeah, why say because that. the why is kind of cliche. But I would say the root cause that someone's paying you, the root cause they came to you to begin with, right? Because like, it I, I feel like a lot of coaches don't actually do this in their first, like their intake process. Um, and you have to reevaluate this too, right? And this will help with the retention, first of all, of you holding onto that client, but it'll also help with that client's ability to actually maintain that, that program and actually stay working out. Because if they're just coming to you because they want to lose 20 pounds, what happens when they lose 20 pounds? And I almost guarantee you the root cause they're coming to you is not because they want to lose 20 pounds. I think a lot of it is people are in this industry for the wrong reason. They're in this industry because they want money and they're not in this industry because they actually care and they want to leave an impact. Um, And I think that's the biggest fault, right? Is they're just in it to make like the quickest buck.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. And that's why I I, like you hit the nail on the head with the why, like it's a very, sort of overused term that is it's very overused but it's so true your job as a trainer is to help the client understand the why and give them a good why that's my opinion and a lot of people disagree with me some people will say that no your job is only to provide them with what they ask you for and that's it i don't think so right and we talked about this last time like my job as a trainer is, doesn't stop at physical benefit my job as a trainer is to provide them with something meaningful right and so within that conversation is the idea of a meaningful why so for exa- like basic thing right like appearance isn't forever looking looking better i don't think it's sufficient reason to start working out i don't think it's a good reason at all. like it's it's a, it's a reason that's real i think it isn't necessarily bad like uh, that back. it isn't a bad reason but it's bad if it's the only reason and so your job as the trainer to say no, no 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 it's not only about looking good it's about this 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 and this and be able to educate them properly on the correct reasons for motivate or the correct aspects of motivation that matter and then you start that's what I think
0: yeah I feel like I feel like a big, a big issue is typically just with the industry itself is that people aren't oh man, like they're not like I said before they're not in it for the right reasons right like they and, and also they don't they don't know their reason why they actually started coaching i think a lot of people think that they're just counting reps and sets and you know maybe you are but i think the sooner you realize that you're doing a lot more for that person like i mean you're helping them with like lifestyle changes you're helping them by just being their support network you're helping them by um you know being their educated or their teacher and you're helping them by obviously the reps and sets in the program but i think the sooner people realize that you're taking on a pretty big responsibility when somebody hires you as a coach. Um, And then it also affects the quality of that service. Right. So I, I feel like you're definitely missing out on a lot of potential. If you're just giving them like a program and being like, here, man, this is it. So I feel like the sooner you actually, and it's, then it's the whole talk about like, you know, coaching people and programming computers, right. About the prescript thing. So I think the sooner that a lot of coaches realize that um, the industry itself will be, you know, filtered properly. And I think there'll be a lot of coaches in here that are want to be in here for the right reason.
1: Yeah. And I personally think that there should be a much higher barrier of entry for a coach in order if you want to be a good coach. Like if you got into coaching and started in the industry, just because you like the reps and sets, then all you're going to be, all you're going to be able to offer to clients is just reps and sets, right? Unless you have a solid backing behind what you do, you have an understanding of the mental side, the psychology of it, and there's genuinely a meaningful reason, you know, that brings you to do what you do, then only and then and only then can you instill within the client a deeper sense of purpose and be able to elevate them to a higher level beyond, again, beyond just reps and sets. And again, like this is this is a this is a controversial take. I'm sure mm-hmm. you know a lot of people only a lot of people don't have the capacity to look deeper because for them working out was something superficial, and they're scared to make it more than that. And as a consequence, in my opinion, you know they may they may struggle to provide a very positive and meaningful service, right? Or they may struggle with to to and this is they they may struggle to create happy clients long term. Right. And again, take this other grain of salt. This is a lot, a lot of just conjecture in, in my opinion, but mm-hmm. you know, sure. again, if it's all reps and sets for you and it's nothing more, you can give the client reps and sets and they may change and they may improve superficially and physically. But again, that's not why I do it, right? That's not all of why I do it. And that's not the be all and end all. And so I like guess that was how I did things and I only improved my client's reps and sets and that was it. I would say that I have failed as a coach. Right. But again, it's you know, to each their own right, to each their own way of doing things and
0: motivation. So. Mm-hmm. agreed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's why that's the benefit of tracking so many different metrics, right? Is um the more metrics you have, the better because it just shows how many different areas you can improve with them as their as their as a client, right? So I think the more metrics are the better in that in that regard. But also like you said, we're, we're more than just like coaches. We're more than just like counting reps and reps and sets as much as people think that, that we're counting reps and sets, then I, you know, I think it's just a, a lack of, a lack of information in the industry itself. But then it's also just like you can tell when somebody's passionate about what they do. And I think if somebody isn't passionate about it, then they're more likely to just assign reps and sets and like, they're probably lacking on the communication aspect, but you also have to take some, some fault and some blame if your client doesn't succeed in that sense, because they're coming to you for your expertise. Right. So obviously, you know, it's not hundred percent on the client or hundred percent on you, but if you didn't meet them halfway or if you didn't fulfill your end of the deal, then I think you're failing them as a coach. Yeah, yeah absolutely yeah and to to bounce off that too like i think a a lack of passion definitely reflects the lack of programming um in regards of like structure so i I do feel like people try to reinvent the wheel when they're not confident in their ability to coach because they're trying to like wow that client and get that like that wow aspect um Cause I've seen it quite a bit just working like in commercial gyms that you'll have a, like a PT that comes on and they'll be getting the clients to do some sort of abstract routine that I've never seen before. And it looks like it's from a movie or a stunt double fight scene or something. Um, and I, I, I do, I do this Think It's a, it's a topic that's worth discussing, right? Just because it's uh, one of those things
1: yeah for sure and again it's such a personal field that has such a such a great degree of impact on people's lives and again their livelihood their mental health to some degree depending on how deep you get into it and i don't think it's a field you can be half in right mm-hmm. you can't you can't take people's physical health into your own hands and to a larger degree their mental health or emotional health i'd only be half in i don't think it works that way right I don't
0: know. no yeah and if you are half in like why are you in this industry then exactly and that's the biggest question you have to ask yourself at that point in time right is like there's lots of other stuff you can do the, um there's lots of other careers you could jump into so if you're not in this because you care about people. And if you're not in this because you want to make a change, then maybe it's time to try something different.
1: Yeah, I agree. If you want money, choose a safer profession, a nine to five. If that's all you're after. Then I don't think this is the right place for you. In my
0: opinion. Yeah. Yeah. No, man, it's a, it's a, it's a very, it's a very important thing to discuss. So I'm, I'm glad that we talked about it today, but mm-hmm. uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up. We'll keep this one. Shortly short ish. Still half an hour, but <laughs> but again, man, it is always an absolute pleasure to have you on. I think today's topic was really important to discuss, especially for any new people wanting to get into the industry itself, too. Um, just the biggest thing is make sure that you're educated. Make sure that and I always tell you, I always tell new PTs this because new PTs always ask me like, what's the best course? What's the best cert? When it comes down to it, there really is no best course or best cert to get into training. Just keep an open mind. Realize that you're like this size. Realize that you have so much to learn and so much room to grow as an individual and as a coach getting into this industry. If you come into it thinking that you're already up here, like way up here, you're going to get knocked down really quick. And you're probably not in it for the right reasons, kind of like what we discussed, right? You're probably just in it for the vanity reasons of just like looking good or you're in in it for money and just taking people's money. So keep an open mind, be willing to learn and don't try to reinvent the wheel. That's the biggest thing. We don't want to see any crazy single leg unilateral lateral raises on it with dumbbells on a BOSU ball. Nope.
1: And if you find yourselves programming those for your clients, hit up, b three coaching, and we'll set you straight.
0: <laughs> Thank you, my man. Thank you. Or Saluji, man. Salute is just as good a <laughs> good of a source as well. Yep. 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 But uh, wh- where can where can people stay where can people stay up to date with um with your stuff? I know that you've been pumping out. Podcasts like crazy.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's difficult to wait on the schedule for that. But yeah, uh, Instagram at salugi underscore A uh, podcast. Also on Instagram, as well as most streaming platforms, the multifarious podcast website, uh, www.multifariotstrength.com. dot com. Shoot me in, an email at info at com. That's
0: about it. Awesome, man. I uh, really appreciate you making the time to come on awesome dude yeah thank you for having me yeah thanks man